You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Speaks about Arichas Yomim. Her mitzvahs are the hardest mitzvah and the easiest mitzvah. Shuluch being, in a sense, the easiest mitzvah. Whereas Kibbut Aim is the most difficult one to tell you that both of them have, all mitzvahs have this schutz. Um, there is a, and it is a very difficult, uh, as we saw last night. Um, let's take a look and see one of the questions that comes up, of course, is as a, as a parent ages, especially, question is who should pay for the parent's uh, welfare? It's the parent's apartment and the food. So the Gemara actually has a question about this. The Gemara says, Michel me. Rabbi Yehuda said, Michel Ben. Rabbi Yehuda the Amora said that a son needs to take money out of his own pocket. Rabbi Nelson Brauchi says, no, Michel Av. neither told Rabbi Yirmi or his son, you know, you should do Michel Av. Which would mean, according to this, that the father has money and the son has access to, let's say, the account. The son should say, okay, look, take the money out of my father's account. But I don't have to take the money out of my own pocket. The Mora says, Remember, we saw the Haredim quoted this Pesach yesterday. Uh, the Mechilta, of course, quotes it. The Haredim mentioned it. And this is where we see so many things about Kibbutz. Uh, that it's mehonecha, that it isn't just with speech, it's spending money, it's feeding and, and other things, but this is the connection from God. Now, obviously, from God, you're taking money out of your own pocket. And I, the idea is, well, who do you think gave you that? God gave it to you. So, of course, you have to spend money for the sake of God. So the same thing when it comes to your parents. You're only in this world because of your parents. Okay, so now you, you, you're smart and you went to school and you made money and you're able to have something, but you still owe it to them. That seems to be what the Bryce says. Um, let me read it again. Um, in other words, here it's, it sounds like you have to pay for it. So how could uh, Rav Nelson Bar Oshi a Paskin differently? This seems to back Rav Yehuda. So Mora says, even though it's true, the Bryce says you have to lose money. Doesn't mean you have to take money out of your pocket, but levatel melocha, levito melocha, meaning like this. You definitely, in a way, it costs you, no matter what. <laughs> you can't take money out of your father's account uh, and charge him because of the time that you were spending taking care of him. In other words, you can pay for your father or mother's apartment out of their account, and you can make sure that the withdrawals happen from their own money, or you can say, look, I went out and got you the stuff, here's the bill. But what you can't do, and what you, and this is, is, is the amount, you can't say, well, because I was doing keep it up, I lost money at my job, or I could have been working and doing something else, and therefore I'm going to charge you. That you can't do. But bitam you can't do. So, the Gemara says, "I'll bring you a proof that uh, the fa- that it's 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 the uh, son's mitzvah that the son has to pay for it outright." Why the Bryce says they asked Rabbi Eliezer, "How far does Kibbutz Aveim go?" 
And he says it's got to go as far as, the, you know, the famous marshal of taking a wallet and throwing it into the yam. And you say nothing. You let him throw your money away and you're quiet. But what do you see there besides the self-control you have to have? You see that you lose the money. Right? Excuse me, is that the father's money or the son's money? It, it's the son's money. He, he takes your wallet and throws it and you say nothing. Right? So it seems clear that the son's wallet has the son's money in it. So and you're you, running after it? or So so you see from, <laughs> well, but you, usually <laughs> you're not going to find it. But you see from here that you have to lose money for keep it up. So so this, this sounds like Rabbi Yehuda, that you've got to pay for keep it up. And if you're going to say you don't, you can, then you could actually, if, if he throws your money away, you could ask for the money back. In other words, the whole point is he definitely threw your money away. So the way you do keep it up is by not getting mad at him. But you could, right, but you could take him to Basin. That's theory. right, exactly, exactly the point. You could take him to Din and say, "Look, you owe me the money, Dad. You, 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 you went and threw my money. You threw my wallet in the river. All my money was in there, and eight hundred and ninety-three dollars in there. You owe me that money, and you have a, you have a fee against your father, according to Rav Nelson Barosha. According to Rav Yehuda, you don't. According to Rav Yehuda, you can't. But so this seems to be a right Rav Yehuda. Gemara says, "No, really, Rav Nelson might be right." You don't have to pay for it, but why do you care? If, right? Mars says, really, you're right. It must be it was the father's money. But you could have, that money is lost. In other words, you could have yarshened your father and getting all that money. Now this money is a total loss. This money, in other words, let's say this money was in your wallet. Now you're going to take your father to dinner, he'll pay you back. But now your father has less money for you to inherit. Now I have a question on that. Excuse me. Yeah, what's that? So, are you? Does that mean is that that you can then um, object to what your father spends money on because he's lessening your yerusha? No, that's the Gemara's chiddush. That's the chiddush of the brisa. As the chiddush of the brisa is, in other words, the Gemara is saying like this: If you say that kibbutz means you have got to pay for everything. In other words, it, you, you, you're taking care of your parents. You have to make those expenditures for everything. That's what Rav Yehuda said. And there's a logic to that. But if you disagree with that, if you say that you don't, uh, that the, 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 keep, the, the expenses of Kibbutz, as you say, can be demanded from your father, from, from the father's lawyer, maybe taking to Besden if needed, if need be, then what's this whole story about throwing a wallet in the river? if you're going to get your money? Umar answers, because you feel bad. So you're right, Sheila, you're going to feel bad about your father spending money like, a, you know, your father goes into a second childhood and he orders everything from the Sears catalog and, and you know, and all of a sudden he's buying everything. You could, you, you could get upset, but you, you're not allowed to get upset. That's the Chiddush. Sim- that's, in a way, what the din of the wallet is. All right? Okay. Um... Now, what, well, how do we pass it in Shulchan Aruch? Like Reb Yehuda or like Reb Nosen? Let's take a look. It, it, you can see why the Shulchan Aruch passes like Reb Nosen, because the Gemara keeps on answering Reb Nosen. When the Gemara goes through all the, when the Gemara bends itself like a pretzel in order to answer a certain opinion, that could give you a, 
that might give you a indicator that the halacha follows that, which is what Shulchan Aruch says, that when you do give him food, you give him to drink, you can charge him, it should come from his account. Now, what about a situation where your father is destitute and you have money? So there, the Besden gets involved, Kofinoso. The Besden gets involved and says, no, come on, you got money. And therefore, we make you, we, we say, look, it's like Kofin Alatstoka. He's the closest person to you. You've got to be involved with him. You've got money. Now, what's the din, however, if you don't have money? You don't have to go and borrow and go into debt. Um, but don't you have to beg? Excuse me? Don't you have to beg? No. The Shulchan Aruch says, says no, right? You don't have to go beg. Now, what happens? So your father and you are both getting lied to get tzedakah. But you don't have to beg first. In other words, right. Um, now, um, one of the, the, the chiddush here, if you talk about that, uh, you don't have to, the, the money doesn't come from you. So we know, of course, one of the most famous stories in in in, in Chazal is the story of Dami Ben Nasina. Let's see, we actually saw two versions of the story. We who have been learning Mesechtas Peya actually saw the version in Mesechtas Peya. But here's the version of Mesechtas Kedusha. They asked Rabbi Yehazar, he says, look what this guy did in Ashkelon, Domi Ben Nesina. The Chachamim wanted a Avonim for the Aphod. They was going to pay him a, a, a huge amount of money. It was either 60 ten thousands, which I think is 600,000, right? Or 80 ten thousands, 800,000. Uh, and the, the key was under his father's head. He didn't wake him up. And of course, Akadosh Baruch Hu gave him schar, that he got a paraduma, and they were going to buy the paraduma. He says, look, uh, I know you pay even more. Just whatever I lost, another one, it's the 800,000. That's all you have to pay. So the question is, why didn't Dummy Benesina wake his father up? This was a loss, wasn't it? So one answer we already know. This uh, this is similar to what we saw before in the Gemara. You have to. This was a money he could have made, and therefore you have no right to wake up your father for money you could have made. Oh, Jeshlomar, there's a difference. You don't have to pay, like for food. Look at this, but to actually do an act to upset him, that you can't do. Interesting. In other words, waking your dad up, causing that pain. What are you waking me up for? You woke me up. That feeling is is worse. In other words, that's so chamor that you need to lose money for that. That's this is what the the rush gives that answer, and uh, you should think about that in terms of all pain. It's one thing in terms of the normal day, daily stuff. But in order to spare your parents' pain or insult, there you actually have to, obviously, there you'd have to actually lose money, even a huge amount. Now, one of the most important questions about Kibirav is, we've talked about feeding, we talked about uh, helping them, speaking with them when they're upset. I told you some stories yesterday. Uh, we saw from Rechachom Abadia and his son, 
how it, how you have to apply it. What about if your parents, as the authors of Tzurba say here, she wrote, it really doesn't affect them. For example, um, to go to school. They're telling you they want you to go and become uh, an accountant. Okay? Um, they want you to go to a certain event. Uh, they're telling you, wear your sweater, Lilvosh Sveder. I love, I love this. This is one of the great Hebrew words. Sveder. It's like, it's like kvaker. You know, kvaker is, uh, is, is, is oatmeal in, uh, <laughs> in Eretz Yisrael, kvaker. So in the same way, sweater is a sweater. So they tell you to wear a sweater. Okay, do you, do you have to listen to them? So it seems from the Rashp and the Ramban, uh, if it, this isn't really connected to them, that's not part of Kivadav. Um, now, where do they prove that? So let's see. So you have to see from the Gemara, and this is a very important question because many times the questions of Kivadav are about this. Um, go to school. I want you to go to school. I want you to, I don't want you to go to yeshiva for a second year, whatever it is. Um, I, I, you know, wear your boots. That's generally a lot of questions. Is that part of Kibbutz or not? So this, let's take a look and see how this is relevant. Okay. Now, the Gemara Yavamis, this is the very first parak of Yavamis, speaks about the mitzvah, mitzvah, so let's take a look at that Gemara and see. The Gemara says, so what do you see? You see that if your parents ask you to machal shops, of course you don't listen to them. So the Gemara says, what does it mean? Does it mean shecht for me? Does it mean cook for me? So what do you see? You see, because it says, Ani Hashem, you know you're not supposed to go shecht on Shabbos for your parents. So what do you see? You see from the fact that, the, that God wrote the words, Ani Hashem, that's how you know that you're not Machal Shabbos. Otherwise you would. But why would you be Machal Shabbos? Because my parents are asking me to. So you see the mitzvah say of, she, of, of helping your parent, of giving your parent a, a, an omelet on Shabbos morning, would have been docha the losasei of doing malocha. So you see, essay is docha losasei, even if it's an, a losasei that has kares in it. Otherwise, why did God need to write on the Hashem? Why did he have to put these two together? You would have known anyway. There's no way you can do this essay and be docha the losasei of Shabbos. So this is a proof that essay is docha losasei, even a losasei of kares. That's how chosh of uh, mitzvah is. That's what the Gemara's assumption, at least working assumption, was in the, in the Gemara and Ksubis. Versus, no, that's not what the Bryce is talking about. It's talking about Mechamer, where it's only a love, right? In other words, you, you, you cause the animal to do a malacha. Gemara says, one second, So you see that what? Essay is not docha. It should be docha, Mechamer. So the Gemara says, Ella, it must be. 
right? Ela de Kaimalon, the Osi essay, Vidalchi Laisa say, you're going to tell me it's that that even a, a even a malocha which is not chayiv kares for, you see from this pasuk ani Hashem that it's not doche. Maybe I should now turn around and say, anywhere essay is not doche losa say Let this be a mamatzinu all over shas that you're not you're not doche losa say, just like machamer. Ah, you want to tell me shiny lavi de shabbos de chamire? You want to tell me Shabbos? No. Only Shabbos, God says. Even though it's Machamer, but it is part of Ilcha Shabbos. But other cases, Essay would be Dochas. Essay would be Dochalos, say. But we know there's another Brysa, which has nothing to do with Shabbos. Where's that? Yochel Omer of Hitamei. Your father says, you're a Koyin. Go into the cemetery and become Tomei. Oh, al or he tells you, don't do return the Aveda. So, what do you see? That there's another version of this Brisa that mentions not the mitzvah of Shabbos, but the mitzvah of Shabbos Aveda, or a Koyen, and the Beisak Varis. And it says that Ani Hashem tells you, you don't have to. So what do you see from there? L'chora, maybe you should see from there. Even regular Loisa says, you are not Makayan. Regular Loisa says, you are not Docha. Keep it off, it's not Docha. So I now I can learn every Mitzvah Sasei is never Docha Loisa say. With a Mamatzinu. That's the way Mamatzinus work. God was Mechadashit here in this Pasuk and Parshas Kedoshin. And from there, I'm going to now say, you can never be Docha Loisa say. Right? Machamir and uh, Tuma and Hashavah Saveda, which is Hashav Tashivim, Ulusucha Vesale. Umar says, no. Mishum the Ikavah Mifrach, Malahanach Shekein Hechshar Mitzvah. In other words, those brises are not a real mitzvah saseh. Those are called a Hechshar Mitzvah. Hmm. Meaning what? What does that mean? What does that mean? It's there a hechsher mitzvah. The Gemara is saying an incredible thing. The Gemara is saying that kibbutz avayim is only a hechsher mitzvah. Why? Why is it a hechsher mitzvah? Meaning, as the Rashba says there in Yevamis, because when you do machamer, or you right, you're not makayim the asay at that moment. Let's say your father tells you, you know what I want you to do? I want you to, uh, uh, to, to, to put some stuff on that animal, and I want, I want to be able to get those, you know, in other words, I want, you to, I want those pigeons. So put them on the animal and let the animal walk in, which was a robin, bring me those pigeons. So the machamer is not the kavod. That just leads to the kavod. Why? He says he wants you to, to, to do it that way. Your father said, this is the way I want you to do it. I want you to bring my pigeons by putting them on the animal and leading the animal to me. So the Rashba says, Ein bohana. The kavod is, is feeding him the pigeon. The kavod is actually giving him hana. Like, like we say, 
You have to feed him, give him clothes. But if he tells you to do something that doesn't give him any ano, that's not kavod. And therefore, that kavod, there's no assay here. And that is the chiddush of the Gemara there. So you see from, right? And when the Gemara said uh, to, to, that maybe you should become Tame, right? Why is he telling you to become Tame? Right? It must be that what is there? There's some fruit in the cemetery and he wants that fruit. Or let's say he's telling you don't return the Aveda. He's got a good reason probably because he wants you to stay with him and, and, and feed him his oatmeal. But, <laughs> right? Obviously, otherwise you wouldn't have to listen to him. But still, the the the, the feeding of the oatmeal is the mitzvah, not not doing the shavas aveda. So therefore, that's why it's called a hechsha. So this is a tremendous chiddush, a very important chiddush of the Rashba, and he puts it into the Gemara itself. And the Marik, Rabbi Yosef Kolon, about a, about. A, 150 years after the Rashba said, this that we have a question, who pays for stuff, is where it's for the father's sake. But if this doesn't really uh, affect the father, the father can't uh, start arguing. If something is not really connected to the father, how can he be moche for his son to do that. So, now, now obviously you're going to get schar. This is what Rev. Waldenberg says. Rev. Waldenberg says, he quotes the author of Meshivas Nefesh, that, yes, from the Rashba it seems clear at least that if the father doesn't have a direct connection to it, that kibbutz isn't relevant. It's not kibbutz. But kosher Yosef Achavdo Yosef Makabel Obviously, if you do put on the galoshes, if you do decide to go to uh, become an accountant, you definitely get schar for that. It's not like it's not kibbutz. Right, you could get the impression from the Rashba and the Marik that going to medical school or becoming an accountant—it's not keep it up at all. Don't say I was Makayim keep it up, and I get the scar that I went to school because that's what my father wanted. Um, no, you could you could say <laughs> that's what you that's what I think is the simple shot in the Rashba. But this author, the Meshivas Nefesh, says. No, you do get you don't you didn't have to go to medical school or, or accounting school, but you do get the schar of kibbutz in a way. Actually, I know who the author is. It's Rabari Leif Tzuntz, who was uh, the Plotzkerov, and he says that you do get schar shamelech chofetz biyakara. Um, now. There are other that the the other way to look at this is that you're right. The Gemara says it's not kibud av, and maybe you could say it really isn't kibud av. Maybe there is a good svara to say it's not really kibud av. 
but I mentioned it before, the Baal HaFlor, Rapinchus Halevi Horowitz, Talmud Lemag and Mizrich, and the Rova Frankfurt, says, yeah, your father gets nothing from the Galashes. Your father gets nothing directly from the fact that you went to accounting school. But if it doesn't cost you anything, listening is called mora. Because if you don't listen, it's like you contradicted him. It doesn't cost you anything to put the sweater on. It doesn't cost you anything to put the galoshes on. When, you, when he tells you to wear the galoshes and you don't, so it's like contradicting him. That could be he might not know about it. That might be the difference. But, um, but the, the hafla brings a good raya. In Yoridei it says, the Ramah says, if the father tries to stop you from marrying a certain girl, right? You don't have to listen to him. So you see why? Because this is so deep in your nefesh when it comes to who you're supposed to marry, you don't have to listen to your parents. I know all of you are shaking your head and saying, no, and my kid doesn't listen to me, but you know, it, as you know, kids reach an age and they make those decisions. And that is the halacha, the way the Ramah says it that you can't uh, countermand your, your parent. Your, in other words, your father cannot countermand your decision. You do not have to listen to your father about that. And if you decide this is the woman you want to marry, you can marry her. So Rav Harawit says, the Hafla says that you see from here that as far as other things go, you do have to listen. And that would be considered like a pachinpana. And the Chazanish says the same thing. If the father really is doing it because the father thinks this is the best thing for you, and now you're going to get you're going to marry that your someone your father doesn't want, he says that's Myra. In other words, if if you see how much it's hurting your father that you're marrying this woman, um. And, and you know it's your father wants you to marry this woman because, or a different woman for your benefit. So what right do you have to say, well, I'm marrying this woman and now my father's going to be in pain? So the Chazanish actually is even taking it, I think, a step further than, than the Hafla. He says, Lachora, this is like, <laughs> your father says, no, I don't want you to marry her. She's not good for you. I know. I know you're going to have problems with the in-laws. I can tell. I know her family, whatever it is. Um, and and again, it sounds from the Chazanish that doing that would be like disagreeing with your father, publicly being machriak and negative. So that was what the Chazanish says. Um, a question? Yeah, go ahead, Sheila. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, so I had learned once that if your parents say that it would be an embarrassment to them, and I don't understand what halacha criteria of embarrassment is, that a person marry a certain person, that it's good to listen to them. So the question is, is what would that consist of? What type, like, you know, a horse thief or, you know, like what yeah. kind of embarrassment? 
Okay, I'm not sure about embarrassment, Sheila. Here, the Chazanish, as you can see, is talking about where he, the, the parent just does not want this, uh, this woman and really thinks it's wrong for you. And you know the parent is going to be hurt by the marriage of, to this woman. Um, I'm not sure if it's because they're going to be embarrassed now that they have a daughter-in-law, you know, like you say, who's a horse thief or something like that. Um, the, uh, the, the Chazanish says further, um, it's true, the Rashba does say uh, he, it doesn't really help him what he's asking you to do, but if he wants it, if he really wants it, and it's important to him, what right do you have to say, uh, I'm not doing it? So, um, it would seem from here that the Chazanish is even going further and would say, um, you've got a problem, and that you might have to listen to your parents in terms of, 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 of those situations. And if they really are in pain, Oh, my son didn't go to school. My son didn't go. My son didn't go to college. My son didn't come back from Eretz Yisrael. According to the Chazanish, it would seem that that sort of pain just would mean that you would have to listen. And it's not just, oh, I did an extra mitzvah. You were mechuyiv to do it. Otherwise, you would, you're mavatal, the, uh, the idea of, of, of fearing your parents. Uh, let's just finish off here with Chacham Avadya's son. He says, the posts can argue if there's something that doesn't seem to be for his direct benefit. For example, he tells you, don't, don't buy that field. Don't buy that house. Is there any kibbutz? So most posts can hold, there's no kibbutz, and you can buy that field. Especially if you wanted it a lot. Especially if that's what you have set your sights on. Now, if it's, however, it doesn't make such a big difference to you, try to fulfill your, what your father wants. Uh, and obviously, um, that's one thing he says. But there is a Yesh Omrim, that's the Hafla and the Chazanish, that if you don't fulfill it, that that's a Chisaran in Yira. But, but you can see Rabbi David Yosef, uh, Rabbi Yitzchak Yosef, says that, you know... <laughs> Um, there is a, uh, it's, it, the, the correct way of looking at it is that there is no kibbutz. He says it again here. Um, if the father tells you to do something, that the father gets nothing from it, but the father is going to be in great pain. Great pain, this was what we saw again from the Chazanish. Everybody would say uh, there's kibbutz. And some say, even if there's tsar, that your father's going to get, you don't have to listen from Kibbutz. So you should be machmir if there's Tsar Godol. Obviously, the nephew of the Chazanish from Nisan Karelitz, Paskin, the like, um, the Chazanish, but he did admit in one place you don't have to go like the Chazanish. Let's see. This is from Nisan Karelitz. Kibbutz aim is with things that, that obviously give you things directly. Uh, obviously, when it comes to fearing, you can see that you are a chutzpanyak, 
you disagreed with him in front of him, uh, you, you just determined against him. Now, if there's things that the father wants and it doesn't really bring him benefit or honor, if the father wants it so much, he's in pain, he doesn't get it, then the, the son needs to do it. And this, of course, is the Pesach of the Chazanish. Therefore, a son and a daughter have to fulfill whatever their parents say. For example, if he tells you, I want you to get it from, uh, uh, you know, from, I want you to get it from Costco, right? Um, and you say, what? I don't need it from Costco. I can get it from, I can get it from the store over here. And even though it's cold and it's rainy, it's hot, Go to Costco. Don't complain. Even though you can get them the same thing from somewhere else. Now, all of these things is, it makes sense what he wants. Okay, you disagreed with him. Why? Because you feel uh, Costco stuff is not much better than, uh, than ShopRite. You disagree. It's not that he wants something crazy. It's just, come on, it's hot. I'm willing to go to the shop, right? I don't need to go to Costco. But let's say it's illogical what he wants. It, it, it really makes no sense. It's really something which, which um, let's say uh, he wants you to wear uh, warm clothes, so warm that you get a rash from them, right? And you get so hot, Right, you don't need it. So there, Rav Nissan Karevich says there it's illogical what he wants. He, you you have enough, and he said no, you need to put on three more sweaters. Then you don't have to listen. It's got to be if it's illogical, you don't have to listen, even according to the Chazanish. And even if your father is so upset, my son didn't listen to me. He didn't put on the extra sweaters. That's the father's got a problem. That's the father's mishagas. Chazanish didn't say that, but his nephew did. And I trust his nephew that he knew what the uncle meant. It's, it's, right? So you really have to know what is it. And this is, this is why Kibbutz is, is difficult. What exactly is it that he wants? What is it exactly that, 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 that's happening? How uh, connected is it to, to the... To, and you have to be honest. If it makes sense what he wants, and he's so upset about it, according to Chazonish, you would be over fearing your parents by not listening. Um, for example, uh, a thing that's logical, and they say, look, stop staying up so late. Stop staying up. You can learn Torah tomorrow better. But the son wants to stay up and learn but they're worried the son is going to catch something by staying up so late. Or they say, look, I know you're staying up late learning, but go to sleep. Go to sleep. This way you'll make davening in the morning. So the son has to accept it, even though it's not really relevant to them. Um, so therefore, even though he, he, he thinks he can get up, it's logical what they want. So you have to listen. Um, here's something that <laughs> I have a little issue with, um, and 
It's interesting. Let's say your parents' name is long or misuvach. Your parents have got a long name or a difficult name to say. And the son wants to shorten it or change it. Now, I have this myself in a certain way. I spell my name, you might know, if you've ever seen me write my name in Hebrew, I spell my name in Yiddish. I spell it Kuf Yud Vav Vav, Ayin Lamed, Ayin Vav Vav, Yud Tzadi. That's the way I spell my name, Kivalevich. Why do I spell my name that way? Because that's the way my father spelled his name. My son spells his name Kuf Yud Bez Yud Lamid Bez Tzadi. Not with the Vavs and not with the Ions. Shorter. And um, I remember when Nehemiah got married, and Baruch Hashem Nehemiah is coming, and I'm very happy about that. We hear in a couple weeks. But Nehemiah, when Nehemiah got married, I had a little bit of a sikhsuk with my mechutim because we were sending out the invitations. And I, and, and at the bottom of the invitation, it had my name spelled in Yiddish. My mechutim called me up and said, I think we should change this. I said, why? He said, because, you know, they're living in Israel. And, you know, I think they're not going to spell their name that way. I said, well, I would want them to spell the name that way, but I can't force them. But I'm sending out this invitation, okay? <laughs> the invitation is from me. So the invitation is going to be spelled my way because I'm the inviter. Now, when it came to the benchers, however, with the benchers, they said, since it was the wedding of Nehemiah and, and Jesse, we spelled it the way they spell it, the non-Yiddish way. Okay, what can I do? I paid for the benchers, but I spelled the name uh, in a different way. But here you see from Nisan Karelitz, now maybe that, that if the father... I wouldn't give up, Kumadara. I wouldn't give up. <laughs> it's, too, it's too late. It's, you think I forgot? <laughs> my, my daughter-in-law is, the, is, is a pure Israeli. She ain't, she ain't going to write her name. Kuf Yud Vav Vav Ayin Lamed Ayin Vav Vav Yud Sadi. I can tell you that. Um, I wouldn't make her. <laughs> then the question is is it but that's it's the same name it's not shortening the name it's shortening the spelling right right you say it when you say it you're right Sheila it's a little bit different here the father it, it, he's changing like for example my my brother at one time wanted to make Aliyah and call himself Ben Akiva instead of Kiva Levich which is son of Akiva he wanted to call himself Mordechai Ben Akiva so um, let's say Chaim would want to change his name to Ben Akiva. Or instead of Kivalevich, just Kivel. Um, so there, and the father doesn't want that. So as Rabbi Nisan says, you're showing that you're not connected with the family. It's not a connection to the family. So that, that could be Mitzar the Horim. So Sheila is saying, I shouldn't be upset about that because it's, you still, it's still... It's just, do you write it in Yiddish or do you write it in Hebrew? But it's basically the same name. But let me ask you this, and we'll end with this. Um, <laughs> they pronounce the name differently. As you know, I pronounce the name Kivalevich, like my father does. 
Right. My children pronounce it Kivalevitz. Right? right? Kivalevitz. No, that's why I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> right? Chaim calls himself Chaim Kivalevitz. Now, what's going on with that, right? So Is that more of an American, um, <laughs> you know, pronunciation? It's like... Okay, it so so basically it sounds different. So based on Rav Nissen Karelitz, do I ever... I mean, I'm not going to be upset about it, but if I would, would he have to... Would this be the type of thing? You're, you're, you're pronouncing it differently. Are you Kivalevich or Kivalevitz? Well, what you, uh, what uh, Rabbi, yes. Rabbi Kivalevich? Yes. <laughs> Kivalevich. Yes, uh, Kivalevich only, yes. You should, I think you should just uh, ignore everybody and spell it the original Polish way. Let everybody else deal with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Obviously, I'm not changing them, but the question is... Across everything, everything. Let them deal with it. Stand My, your ground. The, the, the question is, does Chaim and Nehemiah have a heel of Kibbut Av here? That's the question. We'll leave, I we'll know. Leave, I know. We'll, leave it, we'll leave it open at this point. It's very Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.